0: Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. I always enjoy inviting guests onto the podcast, and none more so than the amazing, the incredible, the famous Spornicus Rex. Welcome back.
1: Hello, Days Gone Podcast. I'm so happy to be back. How are we doing today?
0: Doing good. How are you?
1: I think it's going to be Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bright skies are ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So before we get into our topic for today, I want to issue a correction, a mere culpa for something I said in an earlier episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's its not, no one's going to care because it's about schizo, but I need to, you know, cross my T's, dot my I's, uh, and do the double Z. Um, so I, I'd mentioned in a previous episode, I think episode three, but I, I don't fully remember, that I thought Schizo used to be a lawyer or worked at a law firm, and that was kind of how he had that sort of gift of the gab, that ability to uh, like remember everything that people had said and know how to use it against against them. I remembered it wrong. Uh, In my recent playthrough, I came across the scene that I was thinking of, and it's when Deacon goes to Sarah's grave and tells her about Schizo, and How Schizo has the story about being a gangbanger that Deke doesn't believe a word of. And he thinks that Schizo is the kind of guy who was a frat boy and went to work in his dad's accounting firm. And that's Hmm. the part where I thought he said law firm. So I kind of messed Uh, that up.
1: And you call yourself a Schizo fan?
0: Well, hang up, hang up, hang (laughs) up, because what's interesting about it, and this is why I wanted to bring it up, because it's, I just, it, it, Gives a whole new kind of little layer to 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 Deacon and to schizo and to to everything. What is interesting, aside from me being wrong, is that Deke says that Schizo is full of crap. But actually, you know, obviously, it's the truth. Deek's the one that's making up stories about schizo. Jason Spizak told us in episode eleven of the podcast, he told us he confirmed that the gangbanger history is true. And also that Schizo never had a father figure. So the idea of Schizo being the spoiled little rich boy who went to work in his daddy's company, he doesn't even have a fucking daddy, you know? Yeah. He he is from a rough background. Now, of course, we do find that collectible, that card from his grandparents congratulating him on graduating. And we don't know if it's high school or college, but either way, he was obviously on the right track for a while. So my theory, my, my kind of headcanon is his parents weren't in the picture or definitely not his dad. And maybe he was raised by his grandparents and mm-hmm. they kept him
1: on the straight and narrow. And they were total helicopter parents. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Or maybe just supportive and, not, and like sweet grandparents, like maybe spoiled him a little bit, which would kind yeah. of explain a lot. But then maybe sometime after he graduated, they passed away and he went off the rails.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, that's possible. And there's one of the
0: missions, Deke tells a story about his dad. He says, when I was a kid, we found a rat's nest beneath our shed. My old man tells me to go get the hose. You know what he said to me? I'll never forget what he said. The best way to deal with rats is to drown them. Now, side note, that's actually a true story from John Garvin's childhood, the writer of Days Gone.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: He he confirmed that on Twitter. Um, But what that tells us is that Schizo and Deacon are actually not so dissimilar. They Mm. both have poor father figures and both have lived the life of crime. And I wondered if that was the reason why there's so much animosity between them is because they're kind of alike in terms of their start point in life. And it's only Mm. because of their moral code that they ended up on different paths. Okay. That's my
1: theory. <laughs> that is interesting. I mean, I, I, honestly, I see them as total opposites because you know, Schizo is the kind of guy who will take any advantage that he can. You know, anything he can turn to his advantage and to your disadvantage. Uh, you know, anything he can use against you to get ahead. Where Deacon is the guy who, if you're someone that he gives a shit about, he will never betray you. And and even Schizo, he doesn't give a fuck about Schizo, but he would never stab him in the back. He would have never done something to betray Schizo. He would have, you know, if he decided to ruin Schizo's day, he would have been very upfront about it. Like well, you, he,
0: he does. He yeah, well, yes, he does absolutely. it from the yeah. front.
1: <laughs> exactly. He doesn't come up and stab him in the back like Schizo would. He, you know, he doesn't use subterfuge and lies and deceit. Right. He comes at you head on and deals with the problem head on. So I, I honestly I think they're total opposites.
0: Yeah. but I think they're the. I think they have similarities. It's how they, huh. how they bring, how the rest of their personality uh, is brought into that. How they react to that. Yeah, you know how they choose to take action, like you say, in in two very different ways. It's it's kind of yeah. like an ethical code or moral code or a learned way of behaving. You yeah. know, it's like they've just been taught differently because obviously, you know, schizo goes and joins a gang. And Deacon goes and joins the army. Yeah, I don't know if you could get more dissimilar than that. Although that (laughs) says the
1: structure, yes, structure. Very very many gangs have a paramilitary structure.
0: The idea of loyalty.
1: Well, the chain of command, and the the, you know they have a chain of command, and they have you know a loyalty to an ideal, a uh, a. Code of ethics mm-hmm. and even standard operating procedure, just like they would in the military. You know, so it, it can some some gangs can be very rigidly structured, just like the military. Yeah. So yeah, that is another similarity. Now that you mention it, yeah.
0: Interesting. All right, let's get on to the the main topic of today, and I'm actually going to let you bring this up because you're the one that suggested we talk about this.
1: Okay. So yeah, the reunion of Deacon and Sarah uh, when Deacon finally find sarah working away at the militia camp as a researcher there and they get a lot of hate you know the game in general and sarah in particular gets a lot of hate for the way that's handled because on the surface it seems like she really just doesn't give a shit you know it's like oh you're still alive all right cool go go uh go run me some errands, you know, errand boy, go get me some shit from out in the shit. And it's like, there's no real passion there. There's, there's no bright and shiny. Oh, I love you, baby. Jumping into his arms. Shit. It's, it's a much deeper story than that. But I would, I would argue that people who only see that deep, you're just looking at the surface of a still lake days gone is like a still lake. It's only shallow when you're looking at it, On the surface, you know, once you jump in and actually dive in and see how deep it goes, there's a lot of story there. There's the character collectibles. If you actually take the time to find Sarah's character collectibles and her lab notes, they go into a lot of her perspective and it kind of explains why she reacts the way that she does. So I've got some talking points ready here. Uh, Like a little nerd. I made some notes before we got started. Oh, me too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So let's hear now that we've gone into that, let's hear your side of it. How, you know, how do you look at that situation? Their reunion?
0: Man, their reunion. I instantly knew that this game was special. I fucking loved it. My first reaction, because up until that point, you know, you've been, Worrying like, is he going to find her? Is she dead and And you know, you kind of know obviously they're not going to build up to this and then be like, "Oh no, sorry, she died two years ago, <laughs> whatever, like you know he's going to find her at a certain yeah. point in the game, so I was wondering how it was going to play out, and I think if you were expecting a happy reunion, you were not paying attention to the cruelty of this world,
1: right, yeah,
0: this is not a romantic ending it's not a game that has a romantic ending it still doesn't have a romantic ending right at the end i mean it's it it's a happy ending ish yeah. but it's not it it doesn't really feel um fine and and light and fluffy it it's right. everything is tinged with with blood and pain and trauma the entire yeah. story is about blood and pain and trauma if you think you're just going to roll up to the militia and be like oh hey babe and she's like hey i missed you let's go have sex like no <laughs> what the fuck no and when they delivered on the reunion and and i want to get into the acting and the the tiny little nuances of that scene i want to get into that in a minute but just in general that scene where they meet i was like this is perfect this is what this is what we deserve, and also Brilliant. what makes sense. Yes, brilliant. It makes total sense. And then I go on Reddit, and everyone's like, Ugh, "Sarah's a fucking bitch," and she's, <laughs> you know, I'd have just left her there when she says, "Fine, leave." I'd be like, "Fine, bitch," and just like, <laughs> "No, what, what game were you playing? Like, yeah, what, right? what, what
1: fucking world say? do you even live in?"
0: Yeah, and I'm sorry to like anyone listening to this who who's disagreeing with me, but. I I just, I don't get it. I don't get how you can watch the story unfold and think that it's just going to be a happy kiss, kiss. I've missed you. We're all good. Let's escape the militia and run off into the sunset and be fine. Yeah. And it it does Sarah a disservice as well, because she's just not a plot device.
1: She's a real person.
0: She has a whole bunch of shit going on. And the whole—I I think people just gloss over what she is trying to achieve with the militia. Yeah, she's looking I, for a cure. I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but no, we can go get ahead. into that in a second. Yeah, I just—I I think it, it, people overlook her point of view, and they're just like, "Oh, Deacon wants his wife. Here's his wife. Wait, he can't have her. What the fuck?"
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it. You know, it seems like it's that perspective of people who are used to instant gratification. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know, I, I want what I want. I want it right now, and that's that's all that's going to do. But I I think that the people, I agree with you completely, and I think that a lot of the people who feel that way and have that first reaction, they're most likely people who've not taken the time to go into the collectibles and Sarah's lab notes and they haven't taken the time to go find the in-game materials that give you her perspective so that you understand her perspective more
0: i don't even think you need to do that i mean certainly at the beginning you yeah, don't have access yeah, that to that very it.
1: first meeting you know it's like whoa that wow she
0: was she was being
1: kind of a bitch what's really going on here was my thought you know what's really going on here
0: she's not being a bitch though, and i'm going to i'm going to break mm-hmm. it down for you i want to play the scene and I want to break out exactly what's happening, but I don't want to interrupt your thoughts. Sorry, you were going somewhere.
1: Uh, No, I've already forgotten. Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I interrupted. Can I play the the reunion scene?
1: Sure. Let's do it.
0: Matt, I can't do this if I have to do my own supply runs.
1: I got it covered. Lieutenant Whitaker, this is Corporal St. John. He's a new member of Corey's unit. He's got some experience out in the ship. Read this. What? Read this. I mean, you can read, can't you? Active ingredients chloroform, aterpenol, benzo alcohol, ethylathionine. That's good
0: enough. When can he start?
1: Well, I'll leave you to it.
0: Carry on, Lieutenant. Okay, I'm going to pause it there because I want to talk about what just happened. I mean, obviously, there's a certain element of physical acting that's going on that we can't hear on the podcast. The first thing is, is the look on her face when she sees Deacon, she is shocked and like in disbelief. And the very first thing she does is she glances over at the Colonel and realizes I have to hide this.
1: Yeah. I've got to cause a distraction.
0: Yeah. And what she does is she, she, you know, shoves the the bottle in Deacon's hands and says, read this. It's a misdirection. She's immediately coming up with a cover story, or not even cover mm-hmm. story, just covering the idea that they know each other, that they, there's a moment happening here. And she's like, Fuck, I can't let him know that there's a moment happening. I have to just stick to the script of I'm barking orders. He's just a grunt. Mm-hmm. And Deacon, you know, he
1: Taken aback. He's, yeah. he's
0: taken aback. He's he's kind of a little slow on the uptake, but he's also in shock because he wasn't expecting to walk in and see her though he has had about a 30 second head start on her, but he very quickly realizes to play along. And right. I think that's something that, that people maybe don't realize is that He's no dummy. He's, yeah. Leave us. Sarah. Stand at attention. You're dead. You're supposed to be dead. Hey. 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 You're dead. It's okay. You're dead. I'm right here. Wait. Wait a second. I I don't understand. I couldn't I, I find thought you. That you had died and I uh, No. We were overrun. We had to go south. We, Nero, they yeah, said that Nero, no one no, made it out. Farewell was away. overrun. They said that everybody was mountain. dead. Man, I, didn't think that, I never thought I would I see you. See. Again. You know, she tells him to stand at attention because she cannot believe what she's seeing. You know, she you even see it. She backs off a little bit. She's kind of scared by his mm-hmm. presence. Because she doesn't want to open herself up to to all the questions this raises and all the the hurt and the grief that she's gone through is suddenly coming back. Bear in mind, she thought he was dead two years ago. Mm-hmm. She's she's grieved him. I know Deacon has his own grieving process that we talked about the last time.
1: Or his own not grieving process. <laughs> his
0: own denial of grief.
1: Right.
0: She, yeah. She's... It obviously, grieved him and moved on, and has become a hardened person from that. Yeah, I think she's she's kind of put aside all of her personal emotions, and she now has this new mission that she's hell bent on to save the world. You know, to find a cure, and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm expected to suddenly have all these these feelings and these memories and everything kind of come back, and she's just like, whoa, no, what, whoa hang on a minute. And it's like, she
1: feels the wall starting to come down.
0: Yeah. And she's just like, um, no, 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 Wait, 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 wait. Like she just needs a minute. And then, oh my God, it brings me to tears every time when she puts <laughs> a hand on his face to like,
1: yeah. Is he really he there? Feel.
0: And yeah. she said, she doesn't say it's you. She says, no, you're dead. She yeah. can't believe it.
1: And, and you know, that's, that's another coping mechanism. Another way that people deal with grief. If you can find a project or a passion or something to pour that energy into and so she dived in and focused on her work once yeah. she got settled up you know settled in with the militia there and was allowed to begin her allowed to resume her research in an actual lab facility she put her everything into that all of all of her anger and rage and sadness goes into her work just like in I would say really, she was maybe even avoiding the grief, just like Deacon had been by channeling everything into rage and aggression and recklessness. She is instead channeling that grief into working on her research. And so she hasn't really processed the grief either. And bam, right in that instant when she sees him standing right in front of her, there it all is again. There's all this grief and emotion again.
0: I am nodding so hard. It's denial. She's kind <laughs> yeah, of in denial of her feelings in the same or not in the same way, in a very different way mm-hmm. to Deke, but it's a similar thing. And I think it's just, it speaks to this world that it doesn't give you a chance to catch your breath. You yeah. know, it's not like- Oh God,
1: that's so true with Days Gone.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like the, the I mean, the normal grieving process in the normal world is fucking hard. You know, it-, it mm-hmm comes at you when you least expect it it's it takes years or if it ever if you ever process it you know know. it it's fucking horrible and then you throw that into a zombie apocalypse and (laughs) and basically you're fighting for survival every single day of your life where you're thinking about where is your next meal coming from how safe are you do you have enough ammo do you have enough gas do you can you Is there any way you can go where you can physically be safe just for a fucking minute? Probably not. So how are you supposed to deal with any kind of emotion in that? You can't. As we talked about last time, you know, you just you have to tamp it down.
1: They're pretty much all broken, damaged people at this point. You know. Yeah. You can't expect them to have a normal emotional reaction because they're not healthy. They're not healthy emotionally, you know? They're they're damaged, broken people at this point.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of what Deacon's gone through.
1: Yeah. You know, because we played none it- none of what she's game. gone through.
0: Yeah, we don't get to see. I mean, she has cuts and bruises on her face. Right. You know, we see her later. She She's like, well, I mean, at this guy, she's like barking orders at the guy who can't read the bottle and, and a Deke. Um, you mm. know, she can handle a gun- which is an obvious, you know, <laughs> That's a big change. Image yeah. of, of <laughs> what happened in the flashbacks where she doesn't even know how to fire a gun or hold a gun or shoot a gun. And then, you know, she's also, she's so focused on this mission that she has. And, and it's just, it's all consuming, which, which is kind of the same as she was before in the flashbacks, but in a, a much harder, colder kind of way, her love of, of, botany and flowers and all of that was so sweet almost sickly sweet in the flashbacks like it was so over the top nice and soft and romantic
1: yeah bunny hugging flower picking hippie yeah sure
0: yeah and (laughs) now she's you know dressed in military garb barking orders and she's still focused on the research and
1: shooting people in the face with no hesitation yeah that's a big change (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. So she has been through some shit. And, you know, we just don't get to see it. We have to bring our imagination to that. We we have to do the work. And I think that goes back to where people uh, don't yeah. want to put in that work. They're just like, mm-hmm. Hey, what up, Sarah? How are you doing? Wait, you're in a bad mood? Why are you being a bitch? Yeah. And it's like, wait, she's just gone through two years of hell. Like you don't even know because the game doesn't tell us. But you have to infer it. Yep. You have to see it.
1: That stays gone. You got to look a little deeper, you know?
0: Yeah. And then I want to – oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. This is your show.
0: (laughs) But you're my (laughs) guest, please.
1: Okay. So I just – I don't know. I think, you know, so many people, they always fall back on that, well, Deke should have hooked up with Ricky instead. You know, he he you know, fuck Sarah, he you forget about her, she's a bitch anyway. He should go back to Lost Lake and be with Ricky instead. But you know, honestly, I don't really like Ricky all that much. Uh I mean, you know, she's cool as an individual, she's excellent character. I love the acting and everything, but really she's just really thirsty <laughs> and really salty. Okay. Yeah. Because throughout the whole game she's trying to cheat on Addy. You know, which is just, just despicable. You know, she's trying to uh, cheat on Addie with Deacon. She's trying to get him to give up on his loyalty to his wife. And, you know, she's trying to get him to give up on finding Sarah at all. She's constantly, you know, trying to shut him down every time he's trying to go search. You know, like, is it really worth it? You know, well, fuck, yeah, she's worth it. It's my wife, man. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, so, you know how sometimes you you have that one friend. And they're with somebody that you just can't stand the person they're with, but they're madly in love with that person and they're really not trying to hear anything bad about them. So it's not about what we want for Deacon. It's about Deacon wanting to be with the person that makes him happy. It's it's not about what we want. It's about what they want. Mm hmm. So that's just another perspective to me when I when I see people crying about, oh, Sarah's such a bitch, you know, she's so cold, you know, you should go be with Ricky instead. No, no, man, it doesn't work that way.
0: I think in Ricky's defense, though, you I I have a slightly different perspective. Um, she is from my memory, she I don't know if she how much she's trying to dissuade him from following the clues about Sarah, um, but certainly earlier on, before he even like talks to her about that or before he knows anything about the fact that she might still be alive ricky is i mean short there's the cheating on addy she says they have an open relationship who knows how true that is obviously addy doesn't agree with that it's not (laughs) um that's a separate issue but in terms of what she's doing for deke is similar to what Boozer's doing for him in that trying to get him to see you need to move on from this like you know we talked about this in the last episode that sure everyone grieves at their own rate but deacon needs to pick up the pace because his grief or his inability to process it is destroying him and destroying the people around him so it's almost like she's saying okay i'm getting something out of this too but like hey let's hook up and (laughs) you'll feel a lot better
1: Uh, yeah 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 you know you give a little to get a little you know
0: (laughs) she's taking one for the team you know yeah yeah surely
1: yeah you know that's all it is
0: (laughs) and i mean we can tell from from pretty much all of the female merchants uh, that you meet in the game like deke's obviously got a little something going on i don't know if you found a a a can of axe body spray somewhere or something but like all these women are like thirsting for him
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean He's kinda hot, you know. I mean, come on now. Let's let's not kid ourselves here.
0: <laughs> I mean, kinda, of, but
1: And he's got Sam Whitworth's voice too, though. I mean, there, there's a lot to be said for a sexy voice, right? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> definitely. um I I remember saying to my husband when I was in the, the first, you know, few hours of playing the game that this is before I knew how how much I was gonna become obsessed with this game. And yeah. it, I think it was like when you still just have Tucker and Copeland's camps and I'm you know just driving around the motorbike. And I remember saying to my husband, like, I'm enjoying this game. It's fun. But, you know, I'm really trying to crush on the main guy and it's just not happening. Because <laughs> I really did what, because he's, I mean, he's my type, uh, just <laughs> in case, you know, I think he's a lot of people's type, but yeah, he's yeah. definitely my type. But there was just something about it that didn't kind of do it for me. and It was kind he's of He's like-
1: got kind of a, a Neanderthal brow which which Sam Witwer does not. You know, yeah, Sam Witwer does not. That's that's just Deacon, right. Deacon's animation or whatever. He's got a bit of a Neanderthal brow, yeah.
0: Do you want to know what it was, though? This well, yeah. is so funny. So the point at which I really started to get invested in the game was when he gets to Lost Lake. And, you know, I think that's in part because of all the characters and the story and everything starts to pick up and it starts to have this nuance and this depth to it. But you know what else happens when he gets to Lost Lake? What's that? He shaves.
1: <laughs> yeah, he kind of cleans up a little bit. Yeah, he cleans yeah, up right.
0: I don't do beards. The beard thing uh, I think was the turnoff. I think the okay. little light stubble, that was what yeah. got me. <laughs>
1: I was <laughs> like, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now you can come in my bunk. Now
1: now see being the guy, I literally never even looked at that. You know, and literally just I mean, it was like, I thought it was funny because he knew Ricky was gonna be there. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's because he knew Blair was gonna be there. He was Does like, he Hey, know I,
0: Blair though? From
1: I I think they do. <laughs> she knows him. Yeah, she knows him.
0: Wait, how uh, much you said? I think they do. How much is I think they do, and how much is I think they do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think she's crushing on him, and it doesn't go any further than that. Because because Sadiq and no other women really exist right. for him as a woman, you know. And that's uh, also
0: so fucking hot. That bad boy isn't, that isn't you that just awesome? want to help him heal, yeah. and you want to fix him, and but he won't mm-hmm. let you. Oh. He
1: won't let you. Yeah. Because he's, he's just so loyalty. He's so loyal. He's not going to let anybody else in. But you know, I thought it was funny. I, I found it comical myself in, in, in a you know positive way that he kind of spiffied up a little bit before he went in. Because, you know, either because right. he knew Ricky was there or because he knew Blair was there. Either one or both. Shit. I don't know.
0: Wait, doesn't it happen when he's going to sneak in?
1: Ah, you are absolutely fucking right. Yeah. He's. Well, I think his. I think in the back of his mind, he knew, you know, he knew he was going to yeah. have to have some interaction with them or I don't know, maybe, you know, shaving the beard off helped him be more stealthy. I I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's Yeah. Cuts down on the rustling in the bushes. I don't yeah, know.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that's our story. We're sticking to it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to go back to the reunion scene because there was a couple yeah. more things I wanted to bring up about it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, me too.
0: Skipping forward to when he says that he wants to take her out of there. And she Mm -hmm. tells him she can't leave. Right. And he's like, Oh, what? Are they holding you against their will?
1: His first reaction, yeah. Are they holding you? uh, Fuck that. You know, we are getting out of here. And she's like, No, no. You know, that, yeah. She doesn't want to go because she's working on something.
0: She's working on something. Now, he's a soldier. He, you know, previously had signed up to the, the military and fought and come out the other side of that. This is her opportunity to sign up for a cause and fight for a cause she truly believes it's a, a mission that supersedes everything else yeah, it's, absolutely. it's like he's he, he's come out a jaded you know veteran with PTSD and he and he almost forgets that that she hasn't gone through that and like yeah. she's still the kind of optimistic
1: idealist idealistic right, young soldier recruit. thinks thinks we're gonna win the war and change the world. This
0: is a war we can win. That's what she said.
1: Exactly. Says. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: And he's yeah. just like obviously with what he's been through, he's like, no war is, is winnable. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was in the army, I hated every minute of it. And yeah. you know, and that's his perspective, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he knows that even if you technically win a war, there's still sacrifice and loss and yeah. death. So sure. it's not really winning. Um, So it's just a difference in their points of view. And then she asks him to stay and help. And she promises that after she's done, they can go wherever he wants. And it's Deacon who shuts down, salutes, and calls her ma'am. Yeah. You watch it, he's just like, he's he's turned off at that point. He's not listening to her. And Mm. the body language... Oh yeah. my god yeah. the body language she is yearning to connect with him and he's the one that's pulling back he pulls away first he turns around first he has his head down she holds on to the clipboard and he just tries to take it and go Yeah It's it just Good it job. speaks volumes if you just stop and look and pay attention and yeah. think about where they're at and what yeah. they're going through So
1: <laughs> I I find it ironic that I'm in this situation, but I guess I kind of have to defend some of those naysayers who say she's just being a bitch. Cause you know, guys, we, we really don't read body language that well in general. You
0: know? And I think that's what's happening here. I think Deacon isn't reading it right. I think he is, he's guilty of, of this and, and you know, and yeah, not to say, all oh, Sarah is absolved of all blame um, because she should just fucking say like, yeah. Hey, but just, in the moment, it's, it's like it's a four-minute yeah. scene. You know, they're trying to process mm-hmm. everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's what makes the game worth. You know, you keep playing because it then becomes about them reconnecting. It's not in a scene. It is in ten scenes and missions, and you know, the all the collectibles and the the logs that she leaves, the the field notes, all of that. It's building towards because if this were real. You would not just have a reunion moment and be like, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. It would take time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's really fantastic to that we, you know, myself and other members who are experiencing this podcast as the audience, I think it's really fantastic to get the female perspective on it because you know even i i get what's going on i was able to see deep enough and i i explored the backstory stuff deep enough that you know i get it i i fully realize it's it's a serious it's a heavy fucking moment you know mm-hmm. uh but i still think it's there's still you're bringing up things that like i i didn't really see that you know the the depth of the body language and stuff i didn't really catch all that uh the first time you yeah. know so I, I think it's really fantastic to get that female perspective on that because it's It's definitely there to be seen if you're looking for it, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. And it just, again, goes to show how incredible the acting is, as well as the script and the story and everything. It's like, they really sell it not just through the words. The body language sells it as well. The body language is telling a story. So there's another scene, I, I forget exactly where it falls, but it's, you know, just after this, where they're talking again. It might be the next time they get to talk. And they're kind of having... An argument. And what struck me when I watched it is that it it plays exactly like a real couple's fight (laughs) where they're just, I said this before, they're just kind of like not in sync, you know, like he calls her work bullshit. And it's not, he oh, it doesn't mean yeah, it's bullshit. It doesn't but mean he
1: doesn't mean it, yeah. But you can't get those words back. You can't get those words back once they're out, yeah.
0: It's exactly why, like when you're married and you have a fight, but it's amplified because they've both been dead to the other person for two years and they're in a zombie apocalypse, but it plays exactly like a real couple's fight. And, oh, that line when he says he spent two years out in the shit killing freaks, so close he can smell the flesh rotting between their teeth. Mm -hmm. She hasn't thought about that. This is on her. Yeah, He hasn't thought about what she's been doing. She hasn't thought about what he's been doing. She hasn't been out there.
1: Not like that, yeah.
0: Not like that, no. And and he is a new person. He's changed because of that. Because the first time he ever kills a person is during the, the chaos in Farewell. At least I think that's kind of inferred
1: yeah yeah i think you're right because i know he and he and iron mike have a discussion about you know it's they the the line is it's not murder if they if they start shooting at you Mm -hmm. uh and you know but i guess that probably goes more back to his days in the military rather than his days in the motorcycle club you know so he was active you know active duty military so he may have killed people in combat but the first time he put a gun in a civilian's face and blew them mm-hmm. the fuck away was when they were trying to get out of the city in farewell.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I don't know much about the military, but one thing I do know is that they, they desensitize you to that. True. That it's, it's not part of the training. murder. It's not killing. It's you're doing okay. a job.
1: It's us versus them.
0: Yeah. And it's pull a trigger. It's yeah. not shoot someone in the face. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's had to do that for two years you know it's it he's become a new person he doesn't know what she's working on at that point he's thinking about a weapon he actually says you know oh i'm all in if you're coming up with something that'll just blow them the fuck up or whatever his line is he wants a weapon just like mm. everyone else wants a weapon and she's there searching for a cure yeah and then you know when he calls a mam again it's basically <laughs> telling her to go fuck herself You know, that's how they're just, they're not listening to each other. They're, they're a married couple in a fight. (laughs) It's just amplified.
1: Yep. And, and that, that's one of the little, you know, my, my little nerd notes that I made here before we got started. That's one of the ones is where, you know, she's actually working on a cure, not a weapon. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the, the character collectibles and her lab notes. I went through, yeah, I went through the lab notes before we started and one of the first ones is she's talking about Deacon making that dumb joke about the yeast. You know, he goes and collects the yeast, which we all know that's used for making bread, right? But she needs it so that she can, like, get viral proteins from it or whatever and and cultivate something in a Petri dish. And... uh in her lab notes, she stops talking about her research and starts talking about Deacon's dumb joke about the yeast and viral proteins. Like, oh, that's so adorable. That's so Deacon, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, he was just trying to ease the tension, you know, just something to ease the tension. But she can't stop thinking about his funny little joke, even while she's busy doing legit important work. So that's mm-hmm. just another thing about her perspective. You know, she just absolutely adores Deacon. And if, if you can laugh at somebody's dumb jokes, that tells you right there, you really like this person, you yeah. know? And, and so there's that. And then in some of the other lab notes, they're full of her rambling thoughts about Deacon and that he's all she can think about. He is literally, you know, all she can think about while she's supposed to be concentrating on research. And then she never tells him about what she's working on. She never shares the nature of her research because, and it says in her lab note here. Uh, I I wasn't building any goddamn weapon. I wouldn't do it for Cloverdale, and I sure as hell won't do it for any militia either. And if I'm going to hang for lying or for treason, then I will hang alone. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't willing to let Deacon get hurt. Behind her subterfuge, because, you know, the militia was only funding her research so that they could have a new biological weapon. And of course, she's not making a weapon. She's she's letting them believe what they want to believe. It's more a lie of omission, I guess, rather right. than actual dishonesty. But, you know, she says, if, if I'm going to hang for treason and for lying, then I will hang alone. Yeah. Uh, so that's why she she never shares what she's doing with him. She never really just tells him more than, "Hey, I need this and this and this. Can you go get them for me?"
0: She's protecting him. Um, absolutely. She's, yeah. And it, it's yeah. again, that's one of the things I think that gets overlooked.
1: Yeah. At her own risk. At yeah. risk to her. At grave risk to herself. Yeah. She
0: knows, and it goes back to that very first moment where she sees him and she looks at the colonel because she's yeah. like, oh.
1: Oh shit, how is he gonna react? Yeah. This is gonna be now and of course one of the arguments that's fairly legit is if they had said straight out, you know, Oh hey, Colonel Let me introduce you to my wife. You know, this is actually my wife. You know, we were we were married before the collapse and everything. I think it may have been an opportunity for the colonel to see it as a happy reunion. I don't know, you know, if if you could play off of his religiousness and be like, hey, you know, this is my we were married in the eyes of God. This is my wife. You know, if, if you could spin it that way, it may have worked out. But I think she I think she knew better. Yeah. yeah, I think she knew better because he's a fucking nut job wacko. So, yeah, very unpredictable. I,
0: I think that he wouldn't have let Deacon stick around. I think you Deacon think? would have, he's the the colonel, is kind of a little bit of a schizo in that he can make people mm. disappear. Um, oh, and I yeah, don't right, think, right. I don't think he would have allowed it because Sarah, at that moment, when she's still air quotes working on a weapon, he and uh, Weaver's weapon isn't any further along.
1: Mm hmm. So she's that just a valuable resource is at that point. a valuable
0: resource, resource and it's like, well, I'm not going to let you get distracted. So I think Deacon would have been disappeared. Yeah. And also- yeah, you're probably in, right. Yeah. In that moment, they're, they're processing so much. And I've, I've had, not to get too deep, but I've had like, bad things happen to me that when you, when you go through a traumatic event and then you come face to face with someone who has no idea what you've just gone through, mm-hmm. you put on a brave face right you don't it's so hard to say oh my god this terrible thing literally just happened to me because you're like oh when i see this person i go hi how are you and then once you said hi how are you it's like well how do you say oh fuck no i just you know this this traumatic event just happened yeah it's like this weird kind of disconnect in your brain so she is like i am in Military mode. Here's deacon. What the fuck? But I'm still in military mode because the colonel's here. I have to keep doing what I do, which is, you know, yell at the grunt um, <laughs> yes. and, and be focused on my work. Just got to so, be the
1: lieutenant. Yeah.
0: It would. It's just too much for the human brain to process how to navigate such a unique moment. So that's that's my theory on on kind of <laughs> why that scene. Played out how it did.
1: Yeah, it's another one of those situations that it could not have played out any other way. Yeah. Yeah, realistically, yeah. So she also mentions one of her uh, lab notes. She mentions that she went to his barracks.
0: Oh, that bit always But he was my sleeping. Heart.
1: So she actually goes in the middle of the night to reconnect with her husband, Mm -hmm. uh, but he was sleeping. And so it's like, well, why would she be going to his barracks in the middle of the night? Hmm. You know, she was trying to reconnect with her husband, but I, I, I put this to you since you don't rest in the game you don't Mm. allow deacon to go to his bunk and sleep he never sleeps you you are keeping him from spending time with his wife ma'am
0: well when i heard that i was like wait deacon was never in his barracks what are you i don't know where they were like he has not in my
1: playthrough he wasn't
0: (laughs) he just rides his bike all night what are you talking about (laughs) but yeah when i when i heard that bit i was like oh my god like she did she's there's so many little pieces of evidence that she is trying to connect with him and each time he turns her down but then he tries to connect with her with his humor and she just she's always had that history of not quite getting his humor on the first (laughs) go around (laughs) and now it's like she's you know he tries to whip out a funny one-liner and she's just like doesn't get it and then it can't because they're in an awkward place it can't seg into oh haha i didn't realize you were kidding let's have a bit yeah. of a laugh about it it segs into that's just put me in a pissy mood because you're <laughs> oh, joking yeah. and i'm not in a joking mood and it just goes right. back to that thing when you're when you're with someone and you're in a long term relationship and then you just you have those moments where one of is just kind of pissy You know, and the other person just rubs you the wrong way. Nothing is going to
1: make it better. Yep. And then they try to make a joke,
0: and it's like, do you not realize that I'm in a pissy mood? You just made it 10,000 times worse. (laughs) Like, that's that's what's happening. Yep. I tell you what, though, the scene in which she gives him the requisition order that has the note on it. Oh, with the note on
1: it. Yeah. I never
0: stopped loving you. Oh, my God. That broke my heart. That was just like, oh, finally finally they're coming together
1: well i mean you know sometimes that's how it is with guys you have to literally write it out with a crayon you know you just (laughs) you just have to write it out with a crayon and 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 then he's oh okay here's your sign you know okay gotcha
0: (laughs) the whole storyline for me is what makes this game so special and when people on reddit and i have to restrain myself sometimes. <laughs> but when people are like i don't get it, i'm like what fucking game were you playing? Mm-hmm. That you didn't get that. I mean Pocket sure pool. you may not you may not get the nuances of it, you know, because we've played this game multiple times and i've watched these cutscenes multiple yeah. times and i started a podcast where i talk about this multiple <laughs> times.
1: But and, in all fairness, you know, we kind of picked up on that shit the first time.
0: Yeah. You know, I got like at least of it. it. Yeah. (laughs) It's why I love the game. Yep. Speaking of loving the game, you mentioned that you had a a little side topic you wanted to talk about. You described it as the soul crushing emptiness that comes after finishing a playthrough of (laughs) Days Gone.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Now, I don't know that we have time to explore that black hole uh, in this episode, but yeah, it's when you finish, I mean, I guess we're at the end of the game, you know, toward the ending segment of the game where Deacon and Sarah actually reunite and everything. So after that, after you complete the story and you're done with your playthrough, what do you play next? What do you do with your life next? You know, it's, it's, it's like that feeling of like if you ever read about the first astronauts to walk on the moon, mm-hmm. when they came back to Earth, they all went through depression. They all experience depression because it's like, this is the magnum opus of my life. You're never going to top that ceiling. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else that's ever going to be interesting and fascinating and fun after this because there's nothing else that compares. And now, of course, it's just a fucking video game. It's not that serious, but it compares at least because, as far as other video games, What do you play next? What can you possibly play that is as deep, as nuanced, as such a well-told story that's not bashing you in the head with a hammer, making you, you know, trying to tell you what's wrong and what's right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a deep, nuanced story that's fun to play. What else are you going to play after that? I I mean, I'm honestly curious because I haven't found anything that, that pulls me in like that.
0: Well, I, know, I have he, an answer if, you, if you're if you actually genuinely asking me the question sure, or you're asking... Yeah,
1: ret- absolutely, yeah.
0: I mean, my answer is New Game Plus.
1: <laughs> More Days Gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> days Gone again. Like, why, why do you need to play anything else? Just New Game Plus. That is the correct answer. <laughs> Tell the lady what
1: she's won, Bob.
0: <laughs> I win a washing machine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I, I have not answered that question. I mean, what no. I did when I finished the game is I, I stuck with it after the credits roll because obviously, you know, we both know there's a lot more still to do.
1: Yeah, there's more story to experience. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. But it does, it, it, it actually has a nice little way of kind of easing you out because a lot of games it's like, and roll credits, the end, goodbye and it kicks you out kind of like exiting a a strip club at at noon and you know (laughs) you go out and it's like after last call yeah (laughs) Yeah. or like when they turn the lights up in a a nightclub you know at the end of the night and the lights (laughs) come on you're like what the fuck yeah right um days gone doesn't do that it It doesn't do that to you allows you to stay in the world and it gives you a reason to stay in the world and maybe that's why it's so hard to leave
1: and then there's challenge mode and stuff too. You oh know, my God. Mode, I um, just
0: got into that.
1: Just resetting the hordes and resetting the ambush camps and all that stuff. A lot of people don't even know that you can do that. I'm surprised people with that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, They ask the question, well, what do I do now? It's like, well, I mean, if you're into it, you could reset the hordes. You can do that. How do you do that? What's well, right there on the main menu, <laughs> yeah. man? You know.
0: I haven't done it yet. I'm finishing my current playthrough on Survival 2. And when yeah. I'm done, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm because I've okay. I think you've mentioned it before that the map basically is insane when you reset everything because normally when you play the game you kind of clear you know areas mm-hmm. and and sort of you have your little pattern and there's certain places where you don't yeah. need to go so mm-hmm. you can kind of ignore that horde for a bit until you've yeah. got better guns and all of that yeah. but if you just drop everything back in. Poof,
1: so here's my suggestion. This is, this is just how I do it. Uh, when I do reset after beating the game, I only reset the hordes and I reset the ambush camps. I do not ever reset the infestation zones. There are two reasons for that. The primary reason that I do not reset the infestation zones is because that affects your fast travel routes. Uh you then have to go in and reopen those fast travel. Wait, wait,
0: routes. wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna interrupt you. So you sleep and you fast travel? Fucking cheater. You're taking I mean, the shortcut.
1: I mean, <laughs> I I guess, you know, give me my 20 lashes with the cat of nine tails now, because it's <laughs> I'm guilty as charged, you know. <laughs> but uh but yeah, um I do sleep and I do fast travel. Now fast travel I don't use a lot. Like, like I say, that's only one reason uh, for why I don't reset the infestation zones. I don't fast travel a lot. Primarily only, let's say it, it's late, I'm short on time, and I just want to knock out a few objectives, I'll use fast travel. Uh, or if I'm just hopping around to my hidden loot locations that, I've, you know, I've made the videos about all the locations where you can pick up loot that's ready to be used. Uh, if I'm just hopping around making a circuit to those hidden loot locations, I'll fast travel. Um so I don't use it a lot, but it has specific uses, uh, specific instances for when I do use it. The second reason that I don't like to reset the infestation zones, and you're, you're probably gonna you know bust out the cat of nine tails for this one too. I fucking hate the crossbow, and the crossbow is <laughs> the best way to burn out the freaker nest is with the you don't crossbow. You to use the
0: crossbow just and because it's the, it's most the best way. way.
1: It's the most economical way. I mean, you can pick up the little red fuel cans and use those to ignite the nest, but there's there are never enough fuel cans for every nest uh, in most areas. So, and especially the crier nest, the the crossbow oh, is absolutely, yeah. absolutely the best way to get the crier nest is the incendiary bolts from the crossbow. Yeah, but resetting those infestation zones means I've got to put that fucking crossbow on my back again.
0: I uh, just I <laughs> love the chaos of of because you've said. Previously, that you should take on the hordes early and like right from the get go, you should be taking out hordes or some smaller hordes in the caves. At least get that
1: SMP nine, yeah,
0: yeah. I I hear you; it makes sense, but I love leaving the hordes in. Because I just love the chaos of it. I love the idea of like <laughs> I need to go from A to B. Here's the road. I'm gonna go this path. Fuck! There's a fucking horde in the way. <laughs> run! 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 I have to go a completely different uh, route to to avoid them, or I have to stop and take them out. Like I love the chaos and their danger. I, it's just even on survival too, where it is fucking nuts. <laughs> it's bonkers. Yeah. And I haven't even. I've only just unlocked the breaker. Um, I just okay. got to Lost Lake well i'm like halfway through the story at last lake i think so i'm still like i don't i haven't got the screamers yet they're not out the oh, reachers, yeah, okay. the criers like none of that shit is out i find highway 97 that area tough even fucking on fucking
1: brutal it's- yeah
0: I don't even know, like, I will try to take out a horde and we'll run into another horde and then we'll (laughs) run away and run into another horde. I'm like, motherfucker, why are there so many hordes? (laughs) Really? Just join up and be one horde and they can just tackle you all together. Uh It is so hard. So I'm so looking forward to getting there on survival too, because I I know it's going to be really tough. But also when I'm done, I can reset everything and just have it be bonkers. (laughs) because yeah. that's my idea of a good Absolutely
1: time. bollocks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, couple things before we wrap up. You can support the Days Gone podcast by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash daysgonepod, where if you're feeling generous, you can throw a little money in the tip jar. I want to give a very special shout out to Lena for buying me three coffees this week. Thank you, girl. I appreciate that so much. You have no idea. All right, well, we're just about out of time. Remind us where we can find your live stream.
1: Okay, so I stream on YouTube every Saturday night from 8 to 10 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time or U.S. Dallas Time, either way. Uh, And right now we're doing The Last of Us 2. And uh, yeah, every Saturday and a few extra here and there if I can find the time for it.
0: Speaking of extra streams, starting on November 23rd, you and I are going to be streaming Days Gone Together as part of a new collaboration called The Feedback Loop. You can catch that on the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel starting Tuesday 23rd at 6pm Pacific, 8pm US Central Time.
1: All right. Well, it's been a blast. Thanks for having me back.
0: You can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions and counter arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out.